Cause we're down your way, da 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 da. We're always down your way, da 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 da. Because we're down your way, da 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 da. I'm always down your way, da 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 da. Crikey. And as the theme tune of Downs Your Way fades into the background, it is my great pleasure to welcome to this episode the Burkitts. A, bur- a brace of Steve Bur- Burkitts. Burkitts in stereo. Hello. Stereo yeah. Burkitts. So we have Steve Burkitt Sr., if you don't mind me calling you that. that. Steve no, Burkitt Jr. Hello. And, hello. And the purpose of this episode is to discuss the actual making of the album Stripped Back. As you will recall from the last episode, we talked to Rebecca about her perspective on it, but we've now come to where most of the magic was done, anyway, in terms of recording and production, to talk to Steve, who, as you know, has played most of the instrumentation on it, and to Steve Jr., who did the mixing and the mastering. So welcome both. Thank you very much. Hello to everybody out there in uh, YouTube land and podcast land and hello hello world (laughs) yes just to say for the youtubers if again this all goes according to plan there will be a film of this hopefully capturing the two steves as much as anything else we are very tight for space here so the camera's sort of wedged in the corner hopefully the sound's all right if that particular option doesn't come off i shall have to cut this bit out again so i shall now (laughs) leave a very short gap anyway (laughs) So, Steve, I would like to Which ask, one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, good point, well made. Um, maybe I point. think a, a, a and B. <laughs> no, Steve, Steve Senior, first okay. of all. Um, I really wanted to ask you, from your perspective, where did the uh, inspiration for doing an album of this type come from? Oh. Where, where, did, where was the idea yeah, born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, we, we've been doing acoustic stuff like forever, um, almost starting off with acoustic stuff and um, and carrying on doing it with uh, with supports and also doing our Pizza Express gigs, which were more or less acoustic. So um, along the line, it, there's always been an idea to do an acoustic album. Um, having said that, this isn't an acoustic album, um, although obviously acoustic guitar features pretty heavily in it. Um, I, I didn't want to do just an acoustic album. Um, not, not that there's anything completely wrong with them, but it, it sort of limits you a little bit. Um, and, and you can tend to be sort of thrashing away at trying to reproduce what you do electrically. And it just doesn't sound sort of good enough. So I thought, well, let's then use some of the ideas that we did when... Um, so what the hell? <laughs> Still. Oh, yeah, oh, it's just yeah. stress ball. That's certainly lovely. Laid. Um, Sorry. Yeah, that didn't go down well on radio, but Steve's just squeezing a stress ball here for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, we we've also done uh, some streaming type gigs recently, and we've put other sort of loops and and, and what what not with them. And during those streaming type gigs, uh, people have said. Well, are you going to record any of this? Uh, and also, are you going to do any other original type stuff like this? So out of all of that was born the idea, yeah, we'll do an album. Uh, it's got to be done in lockdown, but that's fine because I've got everything that we need in here, in this little room where we are sitting sat. Um, apart from just one or two things. Um, so... It sort of let's embrace those limits and see what we can come up with. The main limit being that 
we haven't got a drum kit in here. There's no room for it. Well, I suppose you suppose you could do, but it'd be tricky. And my drumming is pretty rudimentary anyway, so it probably saved you a, a, a yeah, an ear bend in there. Um, so yeah, so, so what we've ended up with are versions of the songs that we've already done and two original songs which we've uh, stripped down and sometimes it's funkier, sometimes it's just acoustic, sometimes it's more lush. It, it's, they've taken on a little life of their own, bless them, each little tune. And I've had a whale of a time doing it. And, and did the, of the ten that are uh, reimagined? Yes. It's the um, only word, isn't it? It's the only word. The ten, ten uh, represented, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did they choose themselves, or did you have a wider field that you narrowed down? There's a, there's a couple of them that, that chose themselves in that they're songs that we'd already done live acoustically, and also that we'd done live with some drums and with bass and what have you. Um, things like uh, Sailing on a Pool of Tears, which we've done acoustically in the past, uh, and had to really reinvent that one. Um, and also the the originals ones, let, let's do with those as well. Th those were songs that we'd been knocking around for ages and were contenders for other albums, but just didn't fit because you know they, they were the, the, their feel was just sort of a little bit different but the, those the two that are on it which is uh, blues for us and uh, washing all over my heart sort of threw themselves out at us you know it's like oh yeah these would be perfect to go on here um other ones that we hadn't done live were ones that um we'd done in the streaming gigs and so they chose themselves like that. So, yeah, more or less they chose themselves. We could have knocked a couple on the head because I know there are a lot of songs on there, but you don't want to. We enjoy doing them. So, no, no, we keep them all. They're all our babies. Well, I've said before on the uh, this cast, the, uh, the two that you chose to bring forward, I, I mean, have been around for some time, as you've said, mm. but I, I've had them on my uh, iPod slash iPhone, and which often just plays on random, particularly when driving long distances. Mm. And of course, you forget about them because they're not on the albums and you kind of forget. And this song comes on and you think, oh, that's good, you know. <laughs> and then you say, oh, hold on a minute, that's Rebecca, you know. And then you say, oh, yes, it's that one. So I'm really pleased to see them. Uh, and And... Blues for us, which went out as a single just over a week ago, seems to have got a remarkable amount of traction and, uh, uh, you know, love from people. Good, good, good. In the night I thought I'd lose you, maybe Get out my head, no hurt remains There is an amusing story about it, which I will pause to tell at this point, which is that it has found itself on a playlist on Spotify. Uh, a genuine playlist, I should say. Uh, you, you can. You, there's very odd things going on on Spotify, don't get me started. But anyway, it's ended up on this playlist and we were quite interested to see it was there and we looked into it further and it's, it's, a, it's a privately curated playlist with about 100,000 followers, so it's no mean thing and it's been getting a good number of plays each day. What is curious about it is when you look at this playlist, it's full to the eyeballs of rap and hip-hop. <laughs> Just about every track has the word explicit alongside it. Oh, well. right, okay. <laughs> if I tell you that the two tracks that follow it come from an album called, I think, something like Goat and then S.H. Bond T. <laughs> afterwards. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, 
and then so you've got this stuff which is you know of a particular type of music and 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 very much sort of you know along the same lines and then in the middle of it you've got rebecca <laughs> melodically singing about blues for us anyway it's it's on there which is which is great but so it's uh, it's it's it seems to be of shall we say broad appeal at the moment excellent well that yeah that's one of the things that we thought might happen because it, we, you're sort of tapping a different different genres and different feels aren't you so let, let's talk about the instrumentation and i'm going to ask a sort of you know an ignoramus's question here if you like but it, it, is it possible just to quickly list all the different instruments that feature on the album you know okay so bass drums etc but beyond that, okay so it? acoustic guitar features pretty heavily mm. on there um electric guitar slide guitar features fairly heavily on there um piano in one or two songs that are nearly all piano. Um, uh, organ, and also with, with Hertz, because we did have one song that was a, a complete band um, collaboration where we'd got everybody playing. So that's uh, Vince on the bass, and uh, Neil did his, uh, his drum take, and um, Aidan did a piano part, and uh, Nigel did an organ part, and I'd, I'd already done an organ part too as well. And then I put a guitar as well. So, uh, yeah, they're all on there. Um, harmonica, which I'll talk about later on, is on there. Uh, vocals. And then you've got all of the other instruments that are sort of recreated through uh, samples and what have you. Mm. So there's quite a lot of strings on here, which don't feature hardly at all on um, the rest of our albums. I mean, okay, I'm not sat in here playing a cello, but the, well, I'm, yeah. I'm playing them off uh, a keyboard, so you're getting the, the strings effect on so there. It's tough getting the orchestra in here. I, I, yeah, those double basses yeah. take up a lot of space. <laughs> they, they really do. Um, and I think that's that's about it. I mean, there are, there are claps on here where Rebecca, Rebecca and myself got together and we literally overlaid loads of claps um, with ordinary hands and with rubber gloves on, because that seems like a good idea. So it gets sort of a deep sound <laughs> to it. Um, Behind the scenes, yeah. that's it. That's yeah, that doubling effect. Yeah, that's right. Gloves. And uh, next stupid question, if you like, is how do you approach it on a song by song basis? I mean, or do, do is it like a? Because I know you work away in here for hours. Is it like mm. instrument by instrument? Right today, yes. I shall mostly be playing piano, or is it? Today, I shall mostly be working on Hertz. Or yeah, it, it's more like that. Yeah, so you'll be, you'll be tackling a track. So you'll yeah. be putting down what is the, 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 say, the key instrument for it. By and large, I'll be getting uh, a drum part down or a loop. Um, we'll talk about looping later on. But, you know, that loop might be like a stomp and a clap, mm. which, which, which is on believe. And that sort of sets the tempo for it all and what have you. And then I'll put down the main instrument that sort of bonds the whole thing together and then add stuff on top of that, um, pianos. and well, It might be the piano that, that bonds it all together, but, you know, um, backing vocals, etc. And by and large, um, the, the last thing that goes on there is the main vocal. So you've almost created a karaoke track and then the, the, the final vocal goes on and then maybe some extra vocals to bolster that up in terms of the backing vocals and harmonies and things. So, yeah, that, that tends to be the way it works. Um, rather than go through the whole album and go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> wheel in the Steinberg and we'll, <laughs> we'll play, the, they'll play the, the piano parts on there. Always been more sinner than saint the devil may take me, but I can't wait for him 
How long does it take to produce a track in that way? You know, in terms Ooh. of but, but, well, both really sort of t- hours gone you, into it, and also sort of like elapsed days. What, what? Y- you know what? It depends. Mm-hmm. Um, something like Blues for Us was one of those songs actually that I'd been playing on acoustic for a while. I actually performed it at one point at an open open mic, um, just on acoustic. And once I'd got that acoustic part down, the rest of it fell out. So it probably took, that took, in writing time, a day, day and a half, and then recording time probably another couple of days after. But that's pretty quick. Other ones take a, a lot longer, take a, a good week to get some of the more advanced and complicated ones together. And as the producer, how often did you find yourself having recorded it all, sitting down, you know, putting it together and then thinking, not so sure about that, you know, need another take, and then sort of turning to yourself as the, as the player and saying, you know, come on, mate, I need another well, it, 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 it's It's one of the, uh, the difficult parts about working in here on my own, which is what I was doing, is that you're also having to engineer. Yeah. So I'll be putting down, say, an acoustic guitar part, and I'll put it down, or I'll DI it, because I can plug my guitar straight into the... Uh, the logic that I'm working on. And sometimes that sounds good and other times it sounds awful. Um, so it's then, okay, we'll get the mics out and we'll place the mics and then we'll balance them up and then we'll try recording it. Oh, no, that's a bit too basic. So you're doing the job of an engineer. And by the time you've done all of that, you're doing your editing. Mm. That, that is the most difficult part of, uh, of it all, really, and getting that sound right. And when we get onto the mixing side of it, one of the things that we noticed is that... Um, it's a really difficult thing to mix well mm. because th- stuff is so exposed. There's no raging guitar to sort of cover things over or a drum smashing away. You've got to keep, you've got to get things really accurate. So I, I think that's the, just to jump in there, I think that's the kind of thing where really I kind of come into it a little bit as well, having fresh ears on the back of, of what dad had done, of just kind of mixing and mastering and be able to just hear it. Um, for what it is and just kind of go, okay, but have you considered doing, you know, this, for mm-hmm. example? And then we'd sort of go, oh, no, I hadn't thought about it in that kind of way or, you know, giving almost that, that kind of fresh take on, on things of, of how things sound as well. And, and as we'll talk about in a bit as well, there's, a, there's some tracks where we did completely rearrange it and those are maybe those the ones that were a little bit tricky and a little bit difficult at times, wasn't it? Where yeah. it was maybe either stripping stuff in or maybe adding just that little bit of extra stuff like just to fill gaps and things. But there's points where it does feel very... Um, it is tricky to mix because there are very exposed instruments at times. So, Well, we've kind of segued into the, the mixing end. Did, uh, did, did St- Steve Jr. St- no, no, that's, uh, that's good. That's, that's, that's perfectly... All right, what I was going to say was... <laughs> Your uh, people are not so familiar with you and your background. So, would you like to say a little bit about yourself as as a musician? Where Ooh. you know where you started, what what you do, because you do perform in another band. Just sort of you know a little a little introduction to to Steve Junior for those who haven't encountered you before. Ah, okay, yeah, um, not hundred percent, not great at bigging myself up, but yeah, I'll have a go. Um, <laughs> This isn't the political stump. You can yeah. just be nice and you can be nice and factual about it. Um, yeah, so obviously grown up around music, um, <laughs> oh, so whether do, I liked it or not. You do surprise me. Uh, yeah, who'd have thought? Um, and 
you know, I what do I do now? Well, currently, I mean, I lecture at a college teaching music production and mixing, mastering bands, recording bands, all that kind of stuff, live sound, uh, and have done many different kind of projects in relation to that uh, as I've been in my job and outside of my job. Um, but as well as being a musician myself, so I'm a vocalist and guitarist and been doing that for many years also. And growing up, obviously, with the Rebecca stuff um, going on and, and obviously listening to it and putting my two pence in every now and again <laughs> when Dad's asked me his advice mm. on things and, and, you know, helping him out with little tips and tricks. So I'm obviously completely aware of, of, of how the whole process works and what goes on. Um, so that's really where I kind of come from background-wise and, and doing a, a lot of mixing and, and mastering for, for different bands, really, in, in different sort of styles and, and genres and, and the skill set that goes into that aside from obviously just being a musician and and uh, playing an instrument also so yeah have I so you no that's, that's <laughs> cool no, it's just, that's, that's enough well people know a lot about your dad obviously because uh, they they followed it well, that one assumes they're following it if they're actually listening to this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's nice to in, in, in introduce the, the new face, as it, as it were. So y you were invited to take over the role of the mixing. So how exactly did that work between the two of you then? What, how, what, how did you do it? Um, well, I'll very quickly finish off my bit. So all, yeah. the, all the different parts are recorded onto a program called Logic. Um, and that means that all, all the, 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 the things that could be there or could not be there, you know, you can take mm. them off as well mm. as to have them. Um, then go onto a file which goes straight over to Steve here, and then he can play those back, and then he can do his magic on it, okay? So he's got the same system at, uh, at home, and it's the same system that he works on at college. So it goes whizzing over to him, and off we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Sorry, yeah. I, there's there's so much we do in our in our kind of sector as well that we just take for granted a lot of the time. I think, as we all know, mm. we just and mm. then it's kind of like having to explain it is quite technical <laughs> at times. But I'm sure people will find it fascinating to to some extent. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so you get this this track arrives. You, you don't. Right, I pro yeah, sorry, probably sorry. don't need to go through the, the you know every machination of it, but it it kind of arrives for you in a raw form. And and again mm. we've. You know, a bit, but I mean, there'll be a little bit of a mix, won't there? Obviously, to make it palatable to for Steve to think that he's actually completed his his side of the task. So, so it arrives with you, and you you go to work on it. Um, at what point do you go back to him with something? And you know, when when you're happy with it, or do you go back and say, "What do you think of this?" You know, how how what's the sort of how's it knocked back and forward between the two of you? Well, very much like that to some extent um when you're when you're mixing a master and there's one thing that we like to look for kind of in the industry and that's what i call a reference track mm. um and that's basically having something that your is your end game mm. of you kind of going well i need it or want it to sound roughly like this not not identical and there might be several sort of tracks that you're kind of aiming mm. for and things like that and that's kind of discussions that we kind of have go on and it's stuff that when I'm listening to almost the demo forms of what of 
of what dad's sending me that I'm thinking, okay, where, where is this kind of going sonically really? How do I want this kind of to sound each, each particular instrument? Um, and of course there were some major names batted around and things. And there was, there was, I think the first thing that dad came to me was like, you know, it, it, don't worry about it sounding like anything else. It's like, they're, they're all very different tracks. They will sound very different. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. I get that. But I kind of need a reference a little bit. Like it's just the way I work. You know, I need that reference track uh, to kind of bounce off. Um, So we talked about stuff like um, Sting's, Sting, for example, Mm -hmm. Sting's brand new day. Um, Fantastic album, like amazing production. Like listen to that album and you're sort of blown away with it and you kind of go, right, well, I'm not going to get there. Do you know what I mean? I haven't got what Sting's got and the sort of production levels that, Mm. that they've got there. So you go, okay. But the thing about that album is every track is very different. It's different arrangements. Mm. It's a different style. Um, It does have some sort of sonic palette that carries through, but each one is quite different. You have to kind of treat it like a different entity. Um, But then it was looking for stuff of similar ilk to what I was hearing in demo form. So, for example, I pulled out like Adele. So I was like, well, of course, we've got sort of string arrangement here. Mm, we've got sort of guitar mm. parts. We've got something that's softer in, in sections. And maybe I'd listen to sort of parts of Adele's arrangement, especially for the string sort of stuff. But then I might shift to maybe someone like um, albums that I know Dad loves as well. That's the kind of beauty mm. of working yeah, with yeah, yeah. with yeah. each other. Like, obviously, mm. I've grown up with him. I've You know, a lot of my music taste comes from, from my dad. Um, so I'm kind of like, ah, I can see where you're going with this musically and what you kind of want, which really helps because I can almost see that vision. Um, so I also looked at an album um, called Undiscovered by James Morrison as well, which I think I'd even mentioned to you when I said, I was like, oh, what about James Morrison and Discovered? And you're like, oh yeah, it's a great album actually. And mm. I go, well, again, that for the more lively tracks would be maybe the sort mm. of sound that, I'm, that I think I can get us close to. So this is the thing you start with having these reference tracks, these, these, things to work on the back of and that then gives you a bit of a goal to kind of go what am i aiming for it becomes like a almost me having time to to sit down and and have a play then Mm. (laughs) to say almost kind of go okay leave it with me let me see what i can do um without going into really technical jargon Mm. and then i'll send it back to you and see what you think yeah I mean, the, the, the basics of the technical jargon are things like getting the levels of the instruments and levels of the... Vo- this is like yeah. the basics of it all, of mixing. And also getting like the EQ, whether things are too bassy, too toppy and what have you, and getting it all to balance out. And um, you know, obviously I've tried to do that in the demo, so and then pre- presented to Steve and he'll go, oh, that, that, that particular bass sounds a bit too heavy. And you, what, what would happen is that he would have a look at it and then we had about two or three sessions, long sessions, mm. where we then collaborated and he would tweak and he'd go, you know, what do you think about that? And I'd go, yeah, or I'd go, no. And then it even came to the point where, uh, and we'll, we'll give you an example of this later on, um, where we'd got a track and there was like too much going on. It yeah, was like was... it like peaked too early. Again, that that comes on to what I was almost saying earlier as well, that the, of that kind of extra era of production as well. But at the same time, I was sitting down, kind of go, yeah, it was cool, and we had it sonically sounding fantastic, and thinking, yeah, that's brilliant. But then, like you say, we sort of went, 
no, this this maybe isn't how this track should be. Let's mm. let's try something completely new. And, and we stripped off loads of bits and pieces and yeah. kind of took something in at, at the end where we're like, no, actually, it should build up to that kind of almost crescendo level um, of sound. Um, and, and that's a weird process to go through because you've spent like a day kind mm. of going, let's get this sounding great. Yeah, oh, it's weird. It's like wicked. Hang on. Mm. Oh, wait, no, we don't like it. And we want some of this. And then it mm. comes back. But then it, when you get it back, you go, oh, no, that's much better. That is how that song should have mm. sounded. Um, and it, it is going through that kind of, that process, really. Yeah. And th there's there's also the, the the very long process. Okay, we've got some some seriously good monitor speakers, mm. but you also want to test it out. And th this is when we'll also get on to mastering. Um, in the car, you want to test it out on your little um, Bluetooth, Bluetooth speaker, speaker, on your, in -ear, on your earphones. Headphones, and, and, you know, you're going to make sure that it works well on all of those mm. systems and what have you. Well, it, yeah, and I mean, one of the things that came out of More Sinner Than Saint as well, isn't it, is the kind of spread of the sound as well and where yeah. the instruments sit in your in your kind of head when you're That's listening it. to yeah. it, where, where they're positioned. Because if, if, you know, some of it gets too compressed in the middle and then there's some that you listen to where you've, you, you, you've, you've almost got the same guitar double tracked in each, mm. you know, right at the very edges of each, of each, mm. of each and, ear. And that's really what mastering is. It's kind of thinking of this sound in almost like a 3D space because mm. you've mm. got, um, it's what someone spoke to me about like called like the audio pistol, where almost you make like a pistol mm. with your finger. So you've kind of got your, your index finger is kind of pointing straight. So that's kind of like your depth. So mm. how far back you sit in instruments mm. to the listener mm. and how far mm. forward. Then if you've got your thumb up and you're making that pistol again, well, that's your level. So mm. sort of how loud mm. is something. Mm. And we've got tools, obviously, that can position those things mm. in regards to that. And then, of course, if you stick your middle finger out to the side, <laughs> like this, <laughs> um, I just feel like I'm giving you a lesson now. Um, that's our panning. So like you just mm. said there, Colin, like that's where... Is it coming within that space? Is it sort of right in front of us, or is it sort of quite yeah. wide? Um, and as as I say to a lot of my students, mixing really is like mixing a cake. A lot of the time, it's that blend of those ingredients and too much mm. or too little of something, and you haven't got a very nice tasting cake at the end of it. And you start with the foundations and the base a lot of the time, which of course would be like your drums and your bass and stuff, and then you build it up from there mm. and, and put the icing on the cake with a bit of mastering. Um, well, at least with this, you can go back and split it back into the ingredients again. You're not trying to get yes. the eggs, not, not trying to get the, the eggs out of a cake, which that's, is that's, an expression that appeared over the last few years. But that that's go, that sort of going backwards and forth with um, Steve does a mix. I have a listen to it. We then tweak it. It's not quite good. So it, we were able to do that quite easily, and that that's um, that was a big advantage of working. Like I think this. As, also it's worth pointing out as much as obviously. We're father and son, if you hadn't have guessed. Or <laughs> son and father. Yeah, whichever um, way you want it. Yeah, whichever way you want it. He's absolutely brutal. <laughs> there's no there's no niceties at times. You, you, you are, yeah, you, you, you'd love what I do and you think I do a great job, otherwise you wouldn't have asked me to do it. But, you know, it is very much a professional thing at times where it's kind of like, oh, yeah. No, I don't like that. And I'm like, oh. Uh, okay, cool. That's fine. I can make that work for you. Do you know what I mean? There, there, there comes on that professional head of of us. Kind of there's 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 a there's proper professionalism to meet here, and and we want a solid outcome from it. Um, in that sense, so mm. but that's good because I think that's the way you need to work. It needs to challenge you. And okay, that's uh, well, great. So Steve, I know you wanted to sort of take us through 
some of the tracks and just yeah. talk a little bit about each well, one. So I think, I guess, given the time, we should move well, on to that. Yeah, really, if, we have if, a quick, okay. if we have a quick look, I'll just play some little teasers, little excerpts of different tracks that have got things on them. And then, and then we can maybe talk about mastering because that yeah. is a different art in itself. Uh -huh. So I've actually got all the tracks here <laughs> in order, but little snippets of each one. So here's the opening track of the, uh, of the album, which is Take Me Higher. Well, as you see, sounds very different from when we do it live, where we come out, and that is a big, you know, here we go, it's take me higher, okay, let's get down, etc. cetera. Um, thing about that is I'm playing harmonica on that, and um, it, it's the, 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 the sound that's on there is almost the same as that was on um, More Sinner Than Saint, but this, I've, it's allowed me to get rawer, if you mm. like, that the sound that's the sound that I wanted on Sinner didn't quite work because of the mixing, um, but that sort of quite dirty bluesy, almost like a, a wail in the in the background going on. Yeah, um, and you can hear that we've this is this loop thing that we've got with a, a clap and do do and do. So you can't have drums, but you can have a real funky loop mm -hmm. going on. You know, this is sort of one of the beauties of working in this particular situation and uh, the mother of invention, if you like. So take me higher. Any mixing thoughts on take me higher, Steve? Um, again, that spatial thing, like some of the sort of reverbs that we used on kind yeah. of like on the, on the harmonica and stuff, just to yeah, get it sort of just to drag slightly and, and not to be so dry. And yeah, yeah. Mm. I think, I mean, the whole album was, was just to try and get a nice warmth to it a mm. lot of the time. And as, as, Dad's mentioned about obviously using loops and samples. For me, one of the big things was trying to get these loops and samples to almost not sound like loops and samples, which sounds mm. weird and he's and he's quite tough, but there's things obviously we can do, add little bits of saturation and stuff that give it that slightly real vibe and, and still keep it raw rather than sounding mm. overproduced. Because I think a lot of the stuff on this and that particularly was like, we don't want it to sound overproduced. No, it no. should sound like it's got that kind of raw groove Mm. Um, which I think it has done. And I think, like you almost said, the stuff on on the Sinner album, the actual Rocky Sinner album, the little features that Dad really wanted to bring out uh, that were kind of, that were there, but it was almost like, that's a great little feature here that, that should almost just take a bit of focal point. I think mm. the half you said was one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one tis, of those features. Um, you, you mentioned smoothing things out, and one of the things that you did a great job on is uh, Rebecca's vocal. Now, Blues for Us, for example, we'll play a little, little bit of this. This is the single, second track on the album. Just about to go into the chorus. That's a bit of a cheat, wasn't Ooh. it? But you hear there a very different Rebecca Downs voice, don't you? Very much so. Um, and I think like this album really is a testament to Rebecca's skills as a vocalist. 
to obviously yeah. those who know her will know her as that really high energy rock vocalist that she does so well but it's almost like well here's another string to to her bow that she can do that really mm. quite soulful Absolutely. style of vocal and that quite warm style of vocal and i think it was just my job just to get that through even even more do you know what i mean just yeah. just yeah again it's, it's it's minimal things when you're mixing a lot of the time these all these little changes that you kind of do and i think for a track like blues for us i kept sort of using this analogy of like i want it to feel a bit like a hot bath like a sort of like <laughs> yeah. this, this nice warm bath like feeling you're like oh it feels great there's nothing too sort of shrill there and yeah. everything yeah. and of course yes there's that great sort of Glashendo guitar part that's like yeah. whoa, just, just to keep you kind of interested. Mm. These little kind of textures within the production and within Dad's arrangement that that um, keep the listener interested. Yet with blues to us as well, there's this great almost R and B loop kind of going on drum yeah. wise. Mm. So, so maybe it's not such a surprise <laughs> that playlist that <laughs> no, yeah, no, coming no. back to that, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised yeah. for that kind of drum groove that's yeah. going through because it is con it is consistent throughout and yeah. it's got that R&B soulful feel to it while also kind of remaining somewhat, I don't know, acoustic yeah. as well. And yeah. Okay, next track is uh, Screaming Your Name. Screaming Your Name Locked inside me Even though I can't breathe All I want is you And I'm screaming your name Is it over? Can't get away And there you've got those strings I was talking about Which were uh, You Ooh. got me those strings Yeah, you? yeah uh, it's a sample from, was it a, co a company called Labs or Spitfire Audio? There's, yeah, there's a company called Spitfire Audio. Um, if they want to send us any free stuff, please do. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're, but they're an amazing company and, and they make probably some of the best string samples out there. So they do stuff like Hans Zimmer strings and stuff. And, and what these guys do when we talk about string samples is they will bring in, say, like Hans Zimmer's orchestra into a big space. They will mic it all up. And then they will convert these kind of samples of these strings into a playable instrument. And what you can hear happening on Screaming Your Name is basically the BBC Symphony Orchestra pack that's on there. Yeah. Um, and, of course, then you can play it in on a keyboard. Yeah. But it's com it's perfect samples of those people actually mm. playing it, and it's been recorded. I, I I got a real kick of those double basses coming in at that point. Yeah, it was yeah, like it's nice there's no again, there's actually. no there's no yeah. electric bass on that track because I didn't need it. No, I got these this beautiful deep. Here we go. Start and, and I think that was that was actually the first track that I mixed. That was the first yeah. one that I had an attempt at. So that was the for me that was the one that really took the most work because it was like I'm taking this from from raw. Mm. Um, and I think, again, coming back to that thing where you've, as much as sample strings sound great and that BBC Symphony Orchestra pack sounds absolutely fantastic, there are times when you hear it raw that you kind of go, if you're, you go, those are sampled strings to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of the stuff that we can do in Logic is add those kind, in the software that we use, is add those kind of like, those extra little bits of expression so it kind of comes in a bit more softly mm. and it kind of mm. rises and falls mm. at points mm. and it's kind of putting that into the recording as a mix engineer 
so you listen to it and it and it has that kind of ebb and flow and i think another thing about that track particularly was trying to get dad's vocal harmony in the chorus to give the whole thing a lift mm. because the the arrangement doesn't necessarily change in those choruses but you get this choral part come through which when you're trying to do this on a on a small scale you've got to kind of sometimes you know double up those vocals mm. and things mm. add a spread but then you don't want them to dominate Becky's fantastic chorus part that's coming over. You just went to bolster what she's mm. doing. And I, you know, blow yeah. my own trumpet, but I think it does. That oh, works. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. like, next one is the band collaboration. And here, here, here you can hear it all. We've got um, Neil doing his uh, brushes, which is sort of a little bit different to how you're used to hearing him. Vince doing his stuff on bass. They're doing some fantastic runs. And Aiden doing his piano bits, and there's a lovely little bit at the end that Nigel puts in. So I really got a kick out of putting all these parts together. There you go. There's go. There goes Nige building up his part at the end. Fantastic, <laughs> but that was the one that was most like doing a band mix, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. It was. We had we had full control on that one a lot more, particularly with the with the drums and of course, yeah, Vince doing his bass part and all those great yeah. Vince isms again yeah, that I've grown absolutely. up with. And, and but again, there's there's so much detail in that track of everyone doing some lovely little bits of, of playing that again, as, as a mix engineer, you're there going, I want to make sure that everyone as when I'm talking about that kind of space, everyone's got a space in the pocket of your mm. ear that you you could listen to and you could pick up that particular instrument. At no point do I think I've, or I've tried not to make them clutter yeah. to kind of Fighting together. So it's yeah. like, yeah, but you want to hear those bits where Nigel's kind of putting that little, mm. um, um, great organ part here yeah. and then i think those bits kind of pop through which is cool um, yeah excellent okay um next one sailing now this is where we had to completely restructure sailing and we've already Whoa, done it in the past yeah. and it comes over it's like we can't do it as the massive great big epic so we're going to do it as like a spanish guitar <laughs> So they, oh, it's, it's not the sailing on a pool of tears that people know, <laughs> but uh, but it's taken on a completely different life of its own. Yeah, I feel like as well, having doing this, I've like forgotten what the originals were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go back well, to the original album and go, oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. It's true, yeah. Well, sailing is uh, by in any means the, the most popular song you've ever released. And it, and it, yeah. and it, sits, right. in, that's right, it sits in a number of versions already because we've got the original we've got the live we've got the chris kimsey remix yeah and now this is mm. effectively version four so it'll be interesting to see what people make of it i love mm -hmm. that little when you do a that little harmonic when <laughs> at the end and you do that <laughs> ding 
<laughs> it takes me back to my my primary school orchestra, the triangle. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, get the yeah. ding at the right point. Anyway, sorry. But I think on. there's so many different versions of that as well. Like for me, it was kind of like I can't do justice. You know, I mean, you can't yeah. do justice. And I, and again, listening to the guitar on there, like we said a, a few moments ago, where you've got that exposed voice and you've got that exposed guitar, and you're looking for like two instruments just to fill up mm. the space mm. where you don't go, oh, it sounds thin. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's so much complexity to to acoustic guitar, um, but also leaving in that rawness. There's times on the on the acoustic guitar where it didn't, I didn't want it to be pop, pop polished, so to speak. You mm. can hear the little string squeaks. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. hear that kind of that, like yeah. that organic feel. Mm. And that was a, a word that we threw around a lot is mm. kind of just keeping that organic feel to mm. the, to the mm. songs and taking them back to, to that, that raw edge. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that, when that was one approach is that you strip it right back down to acoustics and strings mm. and what have you. So the other approach to, to a song that's sort of a rip-roaring song is to make it funky. So slow it down and put a funky rhythm to it. And suddenly you get this idea, okay, this sounds funky. This sounds like a sort of gospel-y thing. Yeah. Let's put a gospel vocal in in the background. You know, I won't leave here alone. <laughs> oh, here we go. And, you know, that was it. All that was it. It was all about getting right. that real church gospel feeling, particularly towards the end when yeah. everything's coming in, everything's yeah. kind of going. And I think a big thing really just listening back to that track was kind of getting everyone to sound like they're all in the same room. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know, you want to get that church yeah. feel like people yeah. listen to it and yeah. you you could almost clap along yeah. together. You, you mm. want to join it. And it's, it's like, how do I put it? It's almost heavy without being heavy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that was that was great fun, and, um, and there's quite a lot of slide on there. I, I do love my slide guitar, and it was a chance to sort of mm. bring that out a little bit more as well. So now the the, the real the, there's a, a bit at the end of Sinner um, that that I absolutely love, and we dis, we described this as sort of being out on the ranch. Yeah. And just sort of <laughs> clipping along. And this is where Sinner, more Sinner than Saint, which is a sort of almost poppy rock song, becomes country. And there you are, yeah. you're out on the prairie, yeah. aren't you? And you're just sort of trotting along and it's like, well, hang on, what? Uh, Again, yeah. that's that one of those cases with, with tracks when we're, when we're mixing any track is the, one of the golden rules is where's the groove? Where's yeah. the where's where's mm -hmm. the groove coming from? Where's mm -hmm. that instrumentation that's carrying that through? And it mm -hmm. was essential to kind of get that that groove to kind of come through and, and, and work, but without being dominant, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's some great side stick on the drums there where if you're not careful, that sort of stuff can really just pop through and it becomes annoying mm -hmm. without it just going, mm -hmm. yeah, this is great. Next track on the album is Washing All Over My Heart, but we'll probably do a separate thing on this, won't we? Yeah, at some yeah, point. Let's, let's keep so that one up our sleeve. We'll keep that one up our sleeve. <laughs> because so that's, the, that's the, 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 the newbie and uh, yeah. it'll be... 
uh, uh, we're getting people on the radio asking to play you know more than just blues for us and i'm avoiding offering them that one because i'll keep, keep that, long, is it? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. well that 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 comes out you know on the 9th of april with the album and it'd be nice for it to be new for people particularly all those lovely people who pre-ordered it thank you very much e for e that. Mm, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. okay ne next one is believe then and this is basically what we did with a sort of gospel choir type thing and I, i'm going to be very tempted to throw some of this vocal into our next live our next it's live gig yeah Brilliant. I keep, I keep singing um, Maybe It's Maybelline to that. Yeah. You, 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 just can't, you just can't resist it. But, I mean, th there you go. It, it's become like a gospel thing. It really has that one. Um, yeah, it, it is. And well, you probably just pinched another one of my misheard lyrics for okay. a competition with that one. But I, there is one that I've got already up my sleeve, which I won't, I won't give a spoiler with just now. But uh, we may have a little competition on the latest oh. misheard lyric. <laughs> I think just lastly on that with with the vocals again because you know this album was recorded in lockdown it was recorded under all these awful constraints and stuff was doubling all those vocals up you know which yeah. literally were the vocals were dad and Becky and then it's and then yeah several harmony parts but making it sound so thick and, and, mm, and yeah. textured mm. on there um, for what normally would be maybe a, a, a choir of sorts mm. right Here's the end of Night Train, and I'll tell you a little story about the harmonica on this. So that lingering harmonica that you can hear in the background um, is an old harmonica that my uncle left for me. And it's a chromatic harmonica. It's, it's one of the ones that Stevie Wonder plays with, and it's got all the notes on it. So you can't cheat like a blues harmonica. It's, it's already there. there. It? Yeah, it's up there. That's right, for, for people who are watching in YouTube. Got a visual aid. Yeah, don't ask me to play it, because you know, I only played <laughs> one, one, one a few bits, yeah. There so I thought... The only way I'm going to be able to play this is, is to use one of these things. And uh, I got it out, and it was knackered. It was all over the place. It was all seized up and whatever. So all of a sudden, I became <laughs> a repair shop man. <laughs> the best shop. I the took it all shop. apart. Yeah, and I was yeah, I was thinking, oh yeah, yeah. If the if the if the if the metalwork man or the clockwork man got hold of this, he'd be proud of what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'd got a little bit of um, silver foil to block off one of the the, the things. Um, and yeah, this is that chromatic harmonica that my uncle late, uh, left for me. It was the only way I could actually play in that little bit of uh, little bit of harp. It's a, well, it's a wonderful harmonica. You didn't inhale too much WD forty after. I, I probably did actually. Probably giving a timbre to your voice that will never be recaptured without you having a swig of it before going on. That's <laughs> yeah. Now we, we talked about drum loops as well. Now the, the drum loop that we would base this next song "Come with Me, Baby" on was actually a Steve Jordan loop from uh, a John Mayer gig was it Nokia Arena yes yeah, so it's John Mayer Vultures Nokia Arena start of Vultures and we, we copied it basically 
Yeah. No, I mean, I'd actually, I'd actually sampled him and looped yeah, it. Yeah, because you'd used it for obviously the lockdown sessions yeah. uh, that you, you did over Zoom, which was was great for that. And then you'd sampled it and used it for the demo, mm. but you'd ran it alongside a drum track doing the similar right. sort of thing, kind of blend it together. And I think one of the things I sort of said him was, well, let's see how good we can get just the actual actual MIDI drum track, yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. drum part to sound as much like the Steve Jordan one that you've that you've looped and, and mm. sample and taken that sample from. And in the end, really we used very little of the Steve Jordan one. It just no? sort of sat underneath, just slightly yeah. underpinning it and adding that extra little bit of texture again to the yeah. sound. Um, but a lot of what you hear there was um, our kind of reimagination of it, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it, it does it sort of using that loop gives it a different groove again, doesn't it, to, compared to the original? Mm. I, I know that song is probably the one. If you if you went back through your repertoire and and, and had in mind an album of this type, I, I guess that's probably the one that would you know be easiest to convert yeah. in a way wouldn't it yeah you know, it was i mean that you, you, you know you talk about your reference points i'm not thinking about it for sonically but just like mm. for the feel of it you'd, you know come with me baby it's always sat sort of on the edge of what you do yeah and 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 kind of you know it's a sort of bridging point into some of this at least i mean re really in terms of recording it was just a case of replacing the electric keyboard with um sorry electric piano keyboard with an acoustic guitar mm. which i thought would work and then redoing the the, the lead guitar part because Norman Beaker did the lead guitar part mm. on, on the original, and then just keeping that groove going. It's, it's almost a Billy Jean thing. Yeah. it's almost that. Yeah. And he rode up. Anyway, last track, and there's there's uh, another one of these sample things coming up here that I'll talk about. And the last track was with me, which is just a wonderful song. not even going to get Beck singing on that bit so it's just the intro and the sound that if, if, if you get the album or when you get the album yeah. turn that start up because there's this haunting sound that's going on in the background and it's another one of these samples from the Spitfire Audio and what they did they sampled instruments and orchestras and what have you and they'd put it onto they dug out old tapes that had like been sort of mangled up um, cassette tapes, reel to reel, yeah. reel tapes, and re-recording them with all of that sort of scratchy. It, it just has an amazing atmosphere, doesn't it? It was perfect. Yeah, it, and and I think we discovered it like midway through doing this album. Yeah, and I remember finding it and sending it to Dad. Going, you got to hear this tape orchestra thing. It sounds absolutely brilliant. And um, and then luckily, yeah, this this track came about, and there was a similar sound on there, mm. and we were like, oh. What if we can use that great tape orchestra stuff to just replace that sound yeah. that you used originally? We tried it and it was like, oh my god, yeah, that's that's got all those extra little bits and pieces mm. that it was that it was needing and requiring uh, from the track. I, I mean, as Dad just said, if if you've bought the album and hopefully you have, that's <laughs> a real treat of a song, and I, yeah. I can't wait for you to hear that one on all the way through. That was also the one that was really tricky, where it didn't start off how it ended up that was the one where there was almost like a full drum track going through yeah. it and it was a lot more lively and things and then we sort of got to the end of a session and went actually 
no. Uh, and you'll find that the drums sort of come in towards the end and it just... It gives builds, it that final it lift. It gives it, it that yeah. final lift into the last chorus and, and you're almost like crying out for those drums to kind of come in. And when they do, it's... Well, for me, I was like, oh, yeah, that that's nailed it. And it, that probably is one of my favourite tracks, if not my favourite yeah, track on the album. Like yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about, the, you know, in the, in the final phase of this, tell us a little bit about the mastering and what that involved. Because you've got a very mixed bag of yeah. tracks there, haven't you? And in yeah. terms of sort of bringing it into a cohesive whole... That must have been quite a challenge. Yep. Steve, this, um, was, this, this was your... By this stage, I'd had a bloody nothing. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pass it on to him. Go on, you sort all this out now. Oh, um, okay. So, well, mastering, well, what is it really? What differs between mixing and mastering? Mastering really is the, the final stage of preparing audio for distribution. You're preparing it for distribution. Um so you have to consider, obviously, the level that everything sat at. Uh, and at this point, we're not talking individual instruments. We're talking about all of those instruments together as one, just a stereo left and right, and, and making sure that everything really is coherent across listening platforms and across different forms of listening mediums, whether that be sort of in-earbuds or hi-fi stereos or cars or whatever. And... um it's a bit of a nightmare, to be honest with you. Um, it's what I kind of describe as, come back to that kind of cake analogy. It's that thing of going, right, you've got a great cake. That looks good, like some sort of bake-off thing. Oh, that's a lovely cake. But what happens if we just sort of sprinkle some hundreds and thousands on the top? <laughs> and you go, oh, my God, now it's an amazing cake. <laughs> and you go, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's what it was missing. That's kind of what mastering is. It's almost like you wouldn't know it's kind of happening, but it's happened. If it hadn't happened, um, you'd miss it. And it's really making very subtle, very delicate changes to that the complete track to get it prepared for, for distribution uh, and setting levels for for all those different mediums that I just mentioned. Um I must admit, that was the most trickiest part for me. A lot of the time you send it off to a mastering engineer and sometimes a separate engineer from yourself who hasn't worked on the mix, who have very kind of clean, sonically prepared spaces. Mm. Um, so that was where I was, I was having to use all of my skills and all of my tools to kind of almost forget the tracks and try to view it from mm. a different light and then run all of those tests, run kind of like car tests, bring it around here, put it on like, you know, dad's like hi-fi mm, and stuff mm. that he's used to kind of working on, um, take it back. And it kind of goes through several motions of of listening. And, and you need time. Mm. Time is mm. really the one with that to kind of do something, go, I'm happy with that. And now I need to come away from it for a day or so and then go back to it and with almost fresh ears and go, yeah, actually that bit is a little bit loud. Mm. <laughs> and and, and right. this is why you have very specialist mastering engineers, don't you? Mm. You know, ma mm. mastering studio people because it's a specialised job. But the other beauty of doing it yourself is the fact like sometimes you might send something to a master engineer and they might bat something back to you and kind of go, actually, I need you to change the mix. Well, mm. Because I'd done the mix as well, I was able to kind of go yeah, in and true. kind of go, actually, that instrument individually needs to just come down. And we're talking... Minimal. Again, that hundreds and thousand things. They're tiny little things mm. that you can mm. put on a cake, yeah. um, but they just add that decoration. Um, and and that, that's 
that's it really. And then of course you're trying to line up tracks that you've worked on individually. So they sound coherent mm. all the way through level wise, as well as adding that slight sonic coherence, even though they are different. Mm. Um, mm. So there you go. Well, I mean, you know, somebody has been fortunate enough to listen to it more than once, obviously. It's um, it, You've done a stonking job. And thank you both very well, much. Well done, good. Thank that. you very yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, and just to say as well, thank you very much for going through that. Now, Rebecca was being rather rude about this in the previous episode. Kept mentioning the word mansplaining. <laughs> mansplaining? <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, well, I it's, don't, it's, understand. It's, don't understand no, the term. I understand. No, I didn't think you would. But that, to me, was anything but. That's been a really interesting insight, certainly for me personally, to sit and listen to it, because I'm not steeped in this, as you know. Um, and I hope our audience enjoys it as, as much as I have, because it's been a very interesting, very enlightening. It, it has been a very different approach to making an album mm. for us. Well, it's had but to be. It's had to be, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, sadly, and yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's shown a lot of resourcefulness, really. Um, uh, and But we, you know, we've collectively enjoyed it. Um, and... I think we're going to be doing some more of it, aren't we? You know, without going into any details, but, yeah, you know, yeah. this approach yeah, yeah. seems to work for us yeah. and we, we think it's got potential to enable us to get stuff out more quickly um, and, and you know, maybe do a little bit of further experimentation in terms of mm. uh, different sounds and things. But it's, uh, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great album. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and will continue to enjoy it. It, it certainly added something sure. to the... Um, to the repertoire and uh, as I said thank you to all of those who've ordered it thus far and if you haven't got around to doing so already please please do um, I think that brings us neatly to the end of it so That's to well. Steve Senior thank you very cheers, much cheers Colin yeah. Steve Junior thank, thank you, you very thank much you cheers me. everybody out there for watching and listening yep. yes, yes thank you everybody for listening and we'll be, we will be back with you again very soon excellent just please Yeah.